Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It's the Bomber Brothers Podcast with Ryan and Sean Chichester. Swung on and driven to deep left. Toward the line. She is gone. Aaron Judge lined one right down the line. Swung on and lined to right center field. It is a base hit. Grounding third. Scoring kind of from left. And the Yankees win the ball game with two in the bottom of the ninth. Hit in the air to left center. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a grand slam. Oh, a Stantonian home run. Talking all things Yankees baseball. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Bomber Brothers podcast. Sean and Ryan Chichester back to uh, talk some more Yankee baseball brought to you by WFAN and Odyssey. Make sure you rate, review and subscribe. We're here after every Yankee series. We do special bonus episodes. We'll have another coming tomorrow as we have the finale of the captain tonight as we record on a Thursday. And uh, Sean, looking out my window, it's pretty, pretty fitting weather. It's been raining all morning. It's been raining losses in, in Yankee land. They fall once again to the Mariners and drop the series after holding a late lead. Uh, the Yankees are now 7-13 and 13 in one-run games since mid-June after being 14-4 and four in those situations earlier in the season. That's courtesy of former friend of the podcast, Katie Sharp. And uh, just, yeah, just another way to illustrate that all these ways the Yankees were finding to uh, win games earlier in the season, it's not happening anymore. And the Yankees are now just finding ways to uh, be more frustrating. Yeah, they um, they're really frustrating. And to me, the fish rots from the head down. And I'm just absolutely sick and tired of watching Aaron Boone manage this team. I can't freaking take it anymore. He's terrible. Uh, why in the the rubber game of the series are we bringing in Abreu in a high leverage spot? If you're going to bring Wandy in anyway, why why don't you bring Wandy on with a runner on first? It makes more sense with his changeup. You turn Santana around there. It, the, the night before the, the the base running fundamentals, and I know we're going to get into that. This team is 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 so fundamentally unsound on the base paths, and this has been a problem going for Boone's entire tenure. And and they made him clear out his entire coaching staff, which I don't know if you remember episode one of the captain where Showalter said, I can never keep my respect if I let them clear out my whole coaching staff. Well, guess what happened? Boone did that. And he's still sitting there. The most unqualified. I don't know how he got this job in, in the in the major leagues. And look, the Yankees aren't performing. This all comes. I said it rots from the head down. It all comes back to Cashman. And this is the first time in my whole life I'm going to say this. I think I'm ready for a change, man. I am so tired of question marks in center field, shortstop, 
third base catcher like you went into the season with so many question marks and for the first two and a half months all of those question marks looked like they were going to work out and now we see we really just have a bunch of volatile performers on the team that can't string together a full season it happened in 2018 it happened in 2020 this cashman finds a matt carpenter he finds a clay holmes and then he goes and tries to nickel and dime himself through the rest of the roster with the puppet that he installed he installed at manager and i'm so sick of watching it man i this this is ridiculous. Like if Aaron Judge hadn't be- become Aaron Judge, what would what would the last six years have looked like for the Yankees? It would have been horrible. I I I'm just sick of it. And this this week it all came to a head. It was uh, lack of depth on the roster because you know what? If the if the 2006 Yankees lost a Rod and Sheffield, you st- you still had Matsui, Giambi, Jeter. Uh, you know, Bernie at the time, Posada, you still had all of this, all of this star power, all of these performers. Now you have nothing when you lose Rizzo and Stanton. And I understand that those are two good players, but you should have enough complimentary pieces where you don't go into this absolute tailspin. And on top of it all, you have a manager that's just torpedoing the games that you managed to claw yourself into because the fundamentals are horrible and because the bullpen management has been absolutely atrocious. I'm sick. I I think it's time to think about moving on from Cashman. And I know, and it has been way past the point, time to move on from Boone. Yeah, well, the Albert Abreu decision was infuriating. I mean, he has allowed almost every single inherited runner to score this season when he's when he's on the mound, and then he allows a home run to Carlos Santana and his sub two hundred batting average. I know batting average isn't the most telling stat, but it's the one that popped in my head. And I know Santana hasn't been having the best year, and he serves up a home run to him. And then Boone talks about how the Yankees are thin in the bullpen after thirteen innings of work. Yet you had Peralta warming in the bullpen, who's actually been pretty good lately. He's he's been pretty good as as a Yankee since the uh, the Talkman trade. I, I I couldn't understand why he wasn't brought in instead of Abreu, considering Abreu has just been terrible, especially of late. I mean, his last like seven appearances or something have have been bad, and here it is right here: six of nine inherited runners have scored on Abreu this season. That's also from Katie Sharp. That's more than double the league average and should tell you all you need to know about how reliable Albert Abreu's been. And then we, you know, we have to hear Boone talk about, oh, I still think the bullpen's in a good going to be in a good spot. We have Chapman uh, back on the rise. Holmes looked better. Peralta's been good. And some, uh, you know, Tiki Barber said this on the air on WFAN yesterday, how sometimes there's just sometimes a situation doesn't just call for, you know, overwhelming optimism. You you can inject some realism into the fact that the Yankees aren't playing well and that the Yankees need some kind of jolt, that the Yankees need to maybe make some kind of strategical change when it comes to how the bullpen's been deployed. Because like you said, you know, Boone through the first two and a half months of the season, Boone, Cashman, everybody looked like geniuses. And it's probably a lot easier to look that way when you have Holmes pitching at the level he was, Michael King pitching at the level he was. Uh, you know, Chad Green was still an option out of the uh out of the bullpen. So now where you have to get into a little more 
you know, you have to dig a little deeper into making these decisions. It, cracks are starting to show, and the Yankees have not been nearly as good as they were the first two and a half months of the season. And a lot of those reasons are because of some of the moves that we questioned way back in, you know, February and March. I mean, Isaiah Kiner Falefa, we we have so to keep ta- we have to keep talking about this because he is among the top seven, I believe, in plate appearances for the Yankees this season. So he's getting some of the most playing time of any player. And if you look at if you look at his stats aside from batting average, it's you know OPS plus WRC plus OPS. They're all right in line or even slightly below what Joey Gallo did for the Yankees in 2022. That's how terrible IKF has been at the plate this season. And you need you need some offense out of your shortstop. That's an important position. You need some offense out of your outfield. And Aaron Hicks has been terrible pretty much pretty much all season. You need more offense out of third base. And I know Donaldson showed has showed some good signs here in, in August, but he still, you know, will go back to putting up consecutive offers and he's 36 years old. You you don't really have much confidence that he's going to be able to keep up, you know, 2015 like pace for more than a week or so. So yeah, I mean, starting with IKF, who just has they have to make a change. He's barely above league average defensively, and he's hitting along the lines of Joey Gallo with absolutely no power. Like that, that the fact that they've even stuck with him this long, I think, is is an indictment on on the front office as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's what twenty fourth out of twenty five qualifying shortstops in F four. So out of all qualified shortstops, he's the second worst in the entire league. He has not hit a single home run, not one home run. Everybody goes crazy about his contact stats. And yes, he is in the 99th percentile and whiff percentage. He does not swing and miss. But who cares if you're making contact if the contact is weak every time? He's he's in the 99th percentile and whiff percentage, but he's in the bottom 1% in barrel rate and exit velocity because he's just making soft contact and soft outs so who cares if he's who cares if he's not striking out what what value does that bring to the team if you're popping out and hitting weak ground outs instead of striking out i I don't see any i don't see any difference really yeah i i think you know you look at i understand what they were going for i think they executed it horribly but like you look at a guy like uh take um take Benintendi and I know Benintendi hasn't been great so far well he's been he's been he's been hitting better that that the series in Seattle was definitely better yeah but you can watch his at-bats if you watch pretty much every game like we do you can see the difference between the two of them right away the difference is IKF doesn't strike out a lot because he will try to make contact on the balls that are not in the strike zone and just hit weak little grounders like roll over a ball that's an inch outside or or whatnot Benintendi has the discipline to get on base and 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 take his balls and take his walks, whereas IKF is just like I'm just going to put the bat on the ball and ground out, and that's that's fine with me. It's you know it's it's not good, uh, and you know you have you have a problem when that's your starting shortstop. You have you know Peraz is tear, tear, tearing it up in AAA, and they're not, I understand their batting averages are about the same, but. You have power in Peraza. He's a natural shortstop, whereas the Yankees have, again, tried to fit some guy that doesn't fit the mold here in this position. And 
And, and here we are. So it, it, it's terrible. And another thing that I don't understand about my, why are we watching Abreu when Ron Marnaccio is sitting down there in AAA? He's having a be- much better year than Abreu. I understand options and all that, but are you really concerned about conserving a player's options when he stinks? Get get Abreu off the roster. It's terrible. It's it's and and then after all of IKF's horrible horrible hitting stats the the base running man what the hell what yeah. the heck the other night <laughs> yeah that was um that was probably the worst display of base running i've i've ever seen i mean you have you have what was it you make 9 outs with just 7 plate appearances that's insane i mean of course the man fred man plays a part in that but you start you start three straight extra innings with a runner on second base and they all run themselves out of a rally well you had i mean i, I can't even remember at this point you had benintendi try an early steal and get picked off at second which you know why why even why even try that then andohar got andohar gets nabbed at second base on a on a line drive which I don't know. I mean, it's behind him and Frazier didn't even have to jump that high to grab it. I don't understand why you're that far off second base. The only one I could probably give some sort of a pass to is Trevino when, or uh, I, I guess maybe IKF, but you know, Trevino gets hit, gets nabbed because the pitcher makes a ridiculous behind the back catch on, on the ground ball back to him and, and gets in a rundown. But if you're IKF, you have to be certain you can get to second base if, if you're going to try that. And instead, it's a double play. And like you mentioned before, you know, base running was a huge problem for the Yankees last season. It resulted in, you know, a cleaning of the house of the coaching staff outside of Aaron Boone. Phil Nevin was a scapegoat because he had run a lot of runners into outs at the plate by waving them around third. And while that has been cut back, clearly some fundamental base running and situational awareness have not been have not been improved and you're right you're right i mean it's it's it definitely does call into question you know what's the balance between having a, a sound team like you know look right across town at, at the mets and, and buck showalter who refused to stay with a team after they ordered him to clean out his coaching staff and everyone has praised how fundamentally sound the Mets have been they were one of the worst infield defenses in all of baseball two years ago and now they've undergone one of the most drastic improvements um, according to sports info solutions so that's you know another piece of evidence that Buck has really turned things around over there and then we have we have Boone here in the Bronx who you know we're seeing a lot of the same problems in 2021 and it's not a small sample size i mean the yankees have been in this funk since you know over the past almost 45 games i think they're 21 and 24 so they're kind of back to that mediocrity that we've seen so much of since 2018 when when boone took over a, a long stretch of mediocrity somewhat covered up by one stretch of dominant baseball you know in 2018 it was in may when they went on that insane run, what was it? 15 of 16. We had, uh, like you mentioned last week, the strong start in 2020, 2021, there was a 13 game winning streak almost around this time, actually. And now they're, now they're faltering. And it definitely, I think it calls into question, you know, what kind of job 
can the Yankees expect Boone to do when things aren't going as well? Is is this what we is this what they hear in the clubhouse? What we hear in in the um, in press conferences of oh well we're going to turn it around we're going to be okay we got this guy coming back that guy coming back I'm all, I'm all for positivity but there also needs to be some addressing of what's actually going wrong especially when it's something as simple as fundamental baseball it's yeah it's it's so frustrating because you hear oh they had a meeting you know, after the, the sweep and yeah, on Monday. Re- yeah. Boone just reminded them that they had a championship caliber team. Like, okay, that's great. You can have, you you can have all of the talent you want, but if you don't have the, the fundamentals and the, the just general good baseball sense that the championship teams have had, it's, it's not going to matter that the 96 Yankees beat a team that had a lot more talent than they did. The 2000 Yankees and 2001 Yankees knocked down teams that had more talent than they did because they played good fundamental baseball and this team does not have it. And with Boone, it's always the same. It's it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And meanwhile, you're running yourselves into outs. You're making lackadaisical plays in the field. And look, the the, the extra inning game was absolutely the, the worst game of the year, in my opinion, from, from an offensive standpoint, whether it's the, the base running, I went back and I looked at the expected batting averages. The only expected batting average that was really that high that turned into an out was Trevino in the 10th um, hit a lot. But by that time they had run themselves out of the inning anyway, it wouldn't have made a difference. So it's not like they were, they were even hitting well in that game, but I've, I, I, I can't take it anymore. They, they need to make a change in the dugout, man, because I, this, this it's okay. It's okay. You can say, look, I, I believe in you guys, but you need to clean this this up right away. Like that, that's different than saying, oh, we're good, we're fine. You know what I mean? It's like, no, you're good, but you need to clean this up if we're gonna win a championship. And 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 that's you know, that's what it is. You don't need to panic, but you need to be assertive in in, in what you want to do. I mean, it's it's so frustrating. And and look, I understand he protects his players, he has all of the great uh, getting thrown out moments that John Boy transcribes and we all laugh at, but that's all he does. He doesn't know how to manage a bullpen. He doesn't know how to create a good, fundamentally sound team. Sometimes I even question, he, he just has so much talent at portions of his tenure. And then when the talent goes away, you see what happens. And in, in 2019 with the whole next man up thing, they also had the emergence of a lot of players through their player development system that went, you know, that had nice years, like, you know, Gio Urshela kind of came out of nowhere. So, I don't I don't think there is anything in his tenure that justifies this kind of terrible performance. And, you know, like I said, I think a lot of this comes back to Cashman. He, he this is his puppet. He brought him back after after four terrible years. I'm all right, not terrible years, but four subpar years considering the team. And now the roster is is in shambles. We already said IKF. He's second to last out of qualified shortstops. Josh Donaldson is in the bottom half of qualified third baseman. Aaron Hicks is 30 something of qualified outfielders. You have guy, you have three positions where your your average performance is below league average. Like just to st- forget about guys that you're bringing in off the bench. Like it, it's it's been terrible. I, I'm I'm getting really fed up with this, and it's it's this cutesy stuff. Oh, I got you know I got Matt Carpenter. So oh, let's all praise Cashman. Yeah, you got Matt Carpenter, but then you also assembled like a ship with half holes in it, and and now the holes are starting to show.